Personality Matters is brought to you by WorkStyle, the lightweight app that teaches employees how to identify, understand, and connect with the different personalities around them in just five minutes of fun training a day. Make your customers love working with you and your employees love working for you with WorkStyle. Visit work.style to learn more or to request a demo. And now, here's the host of Personality Matters, Sheila Lothian. Hi there, and welcome to Personality Matters. I'm Sheila Lothian. Have you ever had to say a really tough no to somebody? I mean, you say no a million times a day, but some no's are different from others. Or have you just had to have a really hard conversation? We all do, because that's a part of being an adult. And of course, part of what makes some conversations and some no's hard is the subject matter. But another piece of that equation is personality style. And it enters into it in some ways that might surprise you. Unfortunately, you can't make hard conversations go away. We all have to have them. But it is possible to use what we know about personality to make them a little less nerve-wracking. In this episode, we're going to give you some tips for doing that. And with me here to deliver those tips is Melissa Moore, our chief people officer, our senior behavioral model expert, and our all-around personality guru. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Sheila. The genesis of this episode is a conversation that you and I had a couple weeks ago, and I had this idea for a podcast, How to Say No. And in my mind, it was about how to deliver a message to the person you're talking to that you have to have this, say this hard thing to have this tough conversation with in a way that's going to make them hear that message in a way that's going to resonate with the personality of the recipient. And your response caught me off guard because what you said was what makes those conversations hard is not so much about the other person. It's about the person who has to deliver the message and their personality needs. Can you go into that a little more? Because I thought it was so interesting. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized it really is true. It's not so much a fear of how is this going to go down with the other person. It really is a little more personal. You know, when we think about it, the other person's response or the anticipated response from the other person is what makes it difficult, which means that it really is on us how we're going to guide that conversation, what we need out of it, what we want out of it. So for example, for an organizer, it can be very difficult to have a difficult conversation or to say no in response to a request because they're going to give it in a very specific and a very non-emotional and a very factual way. Well, if they know they're dealing with somebody who is a connector, warm, sensitive, caring, they know that how they deliver it is not going to be heard appropriately. And for the organizer, they have a need to be perfect. So at the core of their being is they're thinking about this task is how do I be perfect? Well, the way that they're perfect is by over-detailing, over-specifying. So the no comes out not just as no, but this very long response as to why the answer is no, which makes it very difficult for the other person. Mm -hmm. So that other person's personality does come into play and how they hear it does come into play. But the dread of having to do this, having to say this thing gets to 
our fear about not getting our need met. So for an organizer, yes. uh, this I'm not going to be able to do this perfectly. For an advisor, would it be, is this the right thing to say? It's interesting, and, and you've really hit it on the head right there. It's that fear of not getting our need met. So for the advisor, it's that fear of, as I tell you what you have done wrong or why I'm saying no, I have to be very careful with my word choices because I don't want you to find the flaw in what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So that need to be perfect, but you need to be perfect too. And it's that fear of not being able to execute well, of doing it in a way that leaves me exposed to either being wrong, not respected, or that I just leave a flaw in my explanation Mm -hmm. for the connector. It's that fear of disrupting the relationship I have with Mm -hmm. someone. And for the original, it's just going to be hard. It's not going to be fun. Yeah, it stinks. It it totally stinks. (laughs) So it's really all about those kinds of fears that set it often a bad, a bad start. What are some examples when you think of this kind of thing, you know, tough conversations to have? I mean, I think telling somebody that they're not performing well at work or having to give somebody a bad review or if you're an employee, I think it can be really difficult to go in and ask for a raise or ask for a promotion. What are some other tough things to say? I think going in and asking for more money. Yeah. I think going in and asking for an extension on time. I think another one that's really big for people is admitting they don't know something or don't know how to do something. These are universally hard things that we just listed, and there are so many more, but they're hard for people in different ways. As we just got into, connectors are going to always be concerned about damaging a relationship or disrupting a team or make other people not like them. One of the other questions is, how do you get over that feeling of awkwardness? How do you get over that fear of giving a no of having that difficult conversation. Right. You have to do it. They're just going to come up in life and there's no avoiding it. But what can we do about the part that lies with us? Sometimes it comes with experience. So a new manager is going to have a much more difficult time delivering a message to an employee early on in their career. Over time, hopefully they'll learn the right coping mechanisms. In some situations, it should never get easy. It should never get easy to fire somebody. Right. If it ever does, find a new job. Right. Because you, you've given up an important piece of who you are. But there's other ones that we just have to have practice. Uh, with your first child, you may not have wanted to disappoint her or him, you know, by saying no more often. By the time you get to the third, it's not a problem, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It becomes easier. So I think when we don't have that option of practice, the other thing is to remember that your energy bucket needs to be filled first that you need to come into that conversation at the top of your game. So if you're an original, go for a walk outside, get out of the building, watch a funny video, listen to your favorite music, jam out a little before you go in so that you're energized walking in. Don't do something that drains energy in the hour before Mm -hmm. that. Don't do the spreadsheet that's due to your boss at the end of the day right before go hang out with some people. For a connector, Think about this message in terms of it really is a way to help the other individual, you know, and to help them understand maybe why the answer is no or why their behavior isn't acceptable 
or why they're not doing as well as, as they think they are. If you can reframe it in a way that you know you're helping them, mm-hmm. it'll become much easier. Mm-hmm. For the organizer, prepare your talking points. Don't anticipate every step of the discussion. Just do your homework and have your own talking points and be ready for those. Have a plan. If it's a style that you know is not natural for you, have a plan on how to put some feeling into it Mm -hmm. or how to give the advisor the opportunity to give their opinion. Mm -hmm. And for the advisor, recognize that it's your job, that you're doing the right thing for the organization, but that there's another side. And the only right thing to do is to allow that other person to have a say in the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Even if the answer is no, give the why, and then open it up for discussion. We just had one uh, here at Mattersite about dress code. Yes. And, you know, what? part of me was, I mean, I had to say no yeah. to shorts. Well, people in, in two of our offices were very unhappy with that because it's hot in Minnesota right now. It's hot in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Our guys in Austin get to wear shorts. Mm-hmm. So I had to say, no, we're not doing it. But for the advisors, one of the things that I put in there was, we are committed to revisiting this again next year. Mm-hmm. So I needed to give communications that allowed me to connect with the different personality styles and hopefully say no in a way that people understood and didn't immediately just riot back on me. Yeah, that's such a great example of a tough conversation to have. And you, I mean, and when you sent that email as an advisor, did you get that need met and, and to the extent that it is possible to do so sort of calm that distress? And as a recipient of that email and also an advisor, I can say it really was a nice email and you can't really control how somebody's going to respond. You can know something about their personality style and do a little bit of predicting, but it really makes so much sense that understand what your personality needs are and try to meet them. It's going to be maybe not an easier conversation, maybe not a conversation with the outcome that you would wish, but it's going to go better if you're coming from a better place. What you want to have is a conversation, right? You don't want it to be a one-sided because then people either leave with defiance or compliance. That's how people respond. And so they can give you to your face all the yes, absolutely understand. But then when they walk out the door, that's when we need to see the impact of the conversation Mm -hmm. is a behavior or performance issue. But even with, you know, going back to the dress code, If someone really disagreed with that or thought we were being unfair, they're not going to be as happy at the company. They're going to become disengaged. They're more likely to go look for another job or just be disgruntled and stay forever. So something as simple as dress code could have a longer-term impact. So that piece of communication has to take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the question you're actually answering is not the question being asked. And I think the personality gives us that insight as well. Mm -hmm. So if you've asked me for something and I have to say no, if I can understand why you were asking for it, were you asking for it for your team, Mm -hmm. for your customer, because it's the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. because it makes sense. If I can understand those personality triggers for the request, then I can couch my no in a way that makes sense Mm -hmm. to people. Mm -hmm. I would say most difficult conversations are we probably know the person fairly well or we wouldn't 
have the depth of relationship that would necessitate this kind of conversation. But something like our example here of the dress code, you're communicating with all kinds of different people. And an email is a good format where you can do things to hit on a lot of different styles, but that's different from a one-on-one. And a one-on-one with somebody you know really, really well is different from somebody that you don't know that well. So again, the one common denominator in all of these is you know yourself. And the better you know yourself and the better you understand your personality, style, and needs, you can at least make sure that you're coming from a good place and a confident place and a place of, you know, I'm getting my needs met here in the way I'm going to deliver this message. And it's going to be an improved conversation. Two things. Take the other person always into account. Because if you're taking them to account, you're not thinking about the impact on yourself. Mm -hmm. So we think clearer and it's actually takes us a little more out of distress Mm -hmm. because we are thinking about the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing, always remember, communication's not about what's said. It's about what is heard. Mm -hmm. Choosing the right words, planning how to deliver your message is, I think, even more important than the message itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen to their language. Did you put them into distress? If you don't know their personality style, can you learn a little bit about it in that moment, in that response, and adjust? I think the thing to recognize is the person's always going to be in distress on the other side of the table. Right. Always. Because they know what's coming in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Very rarely is it a surprise. And I can tell you in terms of planning out that entire conversation, in over 25 years of working None of those conversations has ever gone the way it went in my mind. (laughs) You know, so it really is. It's like, know that it's hard for everyone. Yeah. And own up to that right up front. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like when you give a performance review. And I always love it when I sit with people who are like, well, we follow the sandwich theory. You know, say something good and then give them the negative feedback and then say something good again. (laughs) Well, advisors know that that's coming right from the beginning. As soon as you start, you've done a great job. They already hear the butt. Oh yeah. The organizer doesn't care about the good. Just tell me so that I can be better. Give me specifics. Mm -hmm. You know, the connector, I know this, I just can sense how hard this is for you. Mm -hmm. They know that from the very beginning. And the original, if you tell them what it is you need them to do, they'll go do it. Don't joke around and make it all fun. Just be like, hey, here comes the non-fun part of the job. Right. And those conversations go better. Yeah. You've got a plan. There's a connection. Yeah. They make you feel better as the delivery person. Yeah. And you move on. You do want to, if you know who you're talking to, tailor your message a little bit. But first and foremost, you want to think about that message in a way that fits with your personality style and and is going to feel good to you and and remove as much of your own distress as you can. So as you said, if you're a connector, how is this going to help this person? If you're an advisor, is this the right thing to do? And this, how does this align with my values and my beliefs? If you're an organizer, they just want things to be structured and it's structured and take the pressure off of having to be perfect in the execution. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that if you're listening to this, the next time you've got one of those drags of a conversation to have it's going to go a little bit better knowing your own personality style and ideally the personality style of the person you're having that conversation with it has to happen i wish i could make it go away but i can't but it doesn't have to be that bad with personality 
Thanks for Melissa for sharing all of your wisdom with us. And thank you for listening. Please join us again next time when we'll talk more about where, when, and why personality matters. You have been listening to Personality Matters with Sheila Lothian. To learn more about the power of positive personality connections, visit us online at mattersite.com.